It's time again for Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Talking Trade, the program that talks about current and relevant international trade issues. Uh, my name is Ken Waslick, Managing Director of E.M. Waslick & Associates, an international business development firm. And I'm Sandy Siegel, president of ME Day. Uh, today, it's my pleasure to introduce Wendy Cutler, who's the vice president of the Asia Society Policy Institute and the managing director um, in the Washington, D.C. office. Um, here, Wendy it focuses on leading initiatives that address challenges related to trade, investment, and innovation, as well as women's empowerment in Asia, um, something that I would love to talk more about um, in, in another episode, Wendy. Um, but particularly with your three decades as, as a diplomat and negotiator in the office of the U.S. Trade Rep, uh, you served as ac acting deputy of the U.S. Trade Representative and worked on a range of bilateral, regional, and multilateral trade negotiations and initiatives. Um, and, and those included the U.S.-Korea Free Trade Agreement, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and U.S.-China negotiations, um, and the World Financial Service negotiations. So uh, quite a plethora um, in trade negotiations and trade policy. So really interested in your perspective on um, a lot of the relevant topics in, in today's economy and, and you know, things our, our listeners are interested in. So um, let's talk about some recent news and recent changes in um, talking about China and in your experience with those negotiations. Recently, some of the exclusions that we've had in place um, that eliminated or, or gave waivers, if you will, to the China tariffs we have in place were supposed to expire and they've now been extended for another nine months. So giving a little bit of a waiver on some of these China tariffs um, that were supposed to expire at the end of last year. So, um, you know, trying to get the sense of what, what's the rhetoric in Washington now on possibly maybe eventually lifting the tariffs or, um, you know, altogether. And, and what are your thoughts on that? Well, hi, Sandy, and hi, Ken. It's a pleasure to be on your program. With respect to China tariffs, I don't really have any good news to share. Um, I think the prospects for lifting them anytime soon remain remote. As you mentioned, um, a few hundred exclusions were recently um, 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 It was recently announced, yeah, that they'll be extended. But we're talking about 352 products out of thousands and thousands. And so the exclusion relief also has been pretty minimal under the Biden administration. But I do think what you're seeing is businesses are learning how to live with these tariffs and how to do workarounds and how to restructure their businesses. So you don't even hear the complaints about the tariffs as, as loudly as we you know, were hearing um, concerns over the past few years. Interesting. So any any predictions or foresight into what's ahead for our negotiations um, going into 2023 with China? Um, we, we know the Biden administration has maintained, um, you know, most of the tariffs, as you say, it's, you know, just a small amount that have extensions. We're, we're cracking down and, and pushing back on the forced labor violations and, and withholding, holding up a lot of freight. 
that um, has any inkling of being um, part of forced labor. So, and additionally, we're um, implementing even stronger export controls um, to restrict China's ability to obtain some of our advanced technology. So, are there hopes for collaboration? Is there, you know, what, again, any predictions for, for what direction we'll go in? Is, are we gonna get tougher or are, are there people pushing to, you know, try to get back to the negotiating table? Well, clearly, you know, there are pressures um, from some that we need to engage more with China and get back to the negotiating table with them. But frankly, those voices are in the minority now. I think what the climate in Washington is you can't be tough enough when it comes to China. And I think there's a sense if we sat down on the negotiating table with them on trade, what exactly would we negotiate? I mean, Xi Jinping has made it clear that the state's going to play a huge role in their economy going forward. They're going to continue to put restrictions on data, on privacy, on um, you know all types of um, regulations that affect the operations of our companies. So what I think you'll see with respect to so-called China trade policy, it's going to be a trade policy of the United States focusing on increasing its competitiveness at home and working closely with allies and partners so we can develop a collective response to objectionable practices by China. Well, that's a, you know, it, an interesting uh, point here. And obviously from our standpoint or a US standpoint, uh, our exports that what we're trying to do is increase our exports, right? And part of the agreement that the Trump administration or uh, President Trump signed uh, a couple of years back was that China was to increase their ex imports or exports from the United States by $200 billion uh, over two years. Uh, through uh, end of 2021. We all know they did not meet the 200 billion. There was a lot of talk, or I should say blaming on both sides, whether it's inflation on our side, or we just didn't have the right products, or on the other side, it was uh, just the refusal, the Chinese refusal to uh, purchase uh, US products. What's the future, what do you see as far as uh, increase in, or is it going to be a decrease of US exports to China? Is China looking to other markets like the Europeans, but even now with the Ukraine war, that might be somewhat of a tenuous subject? Or are they looking towards other partners, uh, whether it's India, Southeast Asia, uh, other countries? Uh, what do you see as far as uh, that going from a Chinese import process here. Mm -hmm. So even with trade tensions and overall tensions between the two countries, trade flows have continued to increase and to remain strong. In fact, in 2021, the U.S. had almost record um, exports to China, and China had record exports to the United States. Um, but I think it's fair to say that the increases in trade um, are going to plateau um, for a number of reasons. First of all, the Chinese economy is contracting, and so therefore their, their um, demand for exports from the world and from the U.S. are going down. But even more than that, I think China is looking towards developing self-reliance and making itself less dependent on the United States 
worrying that that would give us leverage over them. It's almost the reverse of, of how we view China with respect to many sectors, whether it be batteries or critical minerals um, or other high-tech goods. And so China is looking to diversify its trading partners, and therefore we're seeing it enter into new trade agreements with partners all around the world. Um, and we're also seeing China making efforts to develop um, its own industries and subsidizing them um, so they can develop their own domestic capabilities and become less dependent on the United States and therefore less vulnerable to any policy actions we could take to restrict trade with them. So it sounds like China is diversifying their sources. Correct. Uh, the minimum. And you said that they uh, signed other uh, agreements with other countries. Um, are any of the major countries, I know Chile and Mexico and all these countries, you know, have negotiations or agreements with them? Right. So first, China is a member of the 15 um, member Asian PAC, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership. Um, that agreement now is entering its second year of, of entry into force, and so tariffs among the 15 members will be decreasing. China has expressed its interest in joining the Comprehensive and Progressive TPP, um, and it's also in negotiations to join the Digital Economy Partnership Agreement, a regional trade pact. But they also just announced when Xi Jinping was in Asia just two months ago um, that um, China wanted to expand and strengthen its free trade agreement with ASEAN. Um, and um, it has already updated recently its agreements with Singapore and New Zealand. And uh, again, I think we're just going to see more and more activity there as China looks to, through trade agreements, to diversify um, its trade. But also it will take steps short of trade agreements to improve and strengthen commercial relations with countries in Africa, Latin America, and all around the world. Yeah. So switching to domestically, I mean, with the lockdowns, you said that the Chinese domestic economy or the economy itself, you know, was contracting. Uh, slow growth, we're looking. Now they have opened up, you know, just basically the reverse. Uh, millions of people are getting, Chinese are getting COVID um, uh, um, infected. Um, the doors are open to travel again. Uh, what's the growth look like or what's the economy look like for 2023? Well, first for 2022, we're waiting for the numbers, the economic growth numbers. As you may recall, just about a year ago, China predicted that its economic growth would be around 5.5%. Um, analysts are saying China will be lucky if it registers growth at 3% this year. Um, next year, we do expect growth, um, you know, over this year, but the Chinese economy faces a lot of challenges, zero COVID being an immediate challenge. But even if the COVID situation were to level off in the first or second quarter of this year, um, China's going to have to deal with a number of problems which are going to be a drag on its economy, including the property, um, the real estate market crisis, high youth unemployment, um, and a lot of external um, variables, including recessions in Europe um, and elsewhere around the world, which will really dampen demand for exports from China, which have been a real shining light um, you know, in their economic recovery. 
And so, um, again, I think once they get through COVID, that could give an important boost to their economy. But by no means does that mean, you know, China's out of the woods um, with respect to um, achieving strong levels of economic growth. So it sounds like even though it's been a focus for a long time of being self-reliant in China, they, they certainly recognize they need to maintain all of these relationships with all their good trading partners and especially with all the other other distractions with COVID and challenges, um, you know, not unlike what we're going through here and, you know, a lot of forces affecting the, the economy. Terrific. Wendy, I'm afraid we're out of time today. It was great insight on, you know, some of what's going on with policy and, and you know, all the, again, all the various dynamics. So thank you for joining us, Wendy Cutler, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Talking Trade. But thank you. Thank you all. You've been listening to Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies.